welcome everybody. We're here at Entrepreneur Lives and today we're talking to Mikhail D, a seasoned digital marketing expert and a, the visionary behind or the founder behind uh, Funalytics. With a proven track record of scaling multiple businesses to seven figures and beyond, Mikhail has dedicated his career to helping entrepreneurs and marketers boost their uh, profitability and efficiency. He understands the frustration of not being able to decipher which truly works in marketing, which led him to create Funalytics, uh, Funalytics.io. Uh, so welcome, uh, Mikhail. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here, Barry. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Well, I suppose to kick it off, like uh, we'd like to ask you, you know, how did you get involved with being an entrepreneur? And we want to hear more about all these uh, seven-figure businesses. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, I, I've I've really run only two seven-figure, well, now one eight-figure with uh, Funalytics. Um, they were uh, a digital marketing agency, a nutrition business uh, called IIFYM.com. And then Funnelytics, which is my software company and, and our education that goes uh, alongside it. Uh, so I, I, I started off in the world of marketing and really online entrepreneurship back in about 2010-ish, somewhere around there, 2009, 2010. And I was really just trying to figure out how to not work as an engineer, to be completely honest. Um, I went to school as an engineer and I really just didn't want to do that. So I went down this rabbit hole of how do you kind of make money online? How do you sell yeah. online? How do you convert strangers into customers? And um, and I started learning about all sorts of things that fall into this world of, of online marketing and, and building online businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been on a pretty long and, and robust journey over the years. Uh, what, what's it been like? Yeah, what's it been like for you? Say, um, so like a lot of people would would love. To, I talk to people. I've run two seven figure business myself and sold them. But I, I, you know, I know a lot of people. When you talk to them, they they you know they would love to be in a situation with a seven figure business. But you tell me what you think that is like. What the journey's been, and then what's it like running a seven figure business? Interesting question. Um, it's interesting, right? Because uh, people think that seven figures or or eight figures is is the magic number um and then all of a sudden your problems go away uh, they don't they just are different problems and they just are bigger problems you know uh, at the end of the day that's that's really what kind of ends up happening is just you've solved one challenge um and now you have a new challenge right so whether it be like typically what happens is the zero to 200 K mark is really purely about hustle and um, selling your core offer, figuring out who exactly wants it and just doing whatever it takes, right? That's really your first kind of six figures. Uh, And then what happens is that hustle needs to be systemized a little bit. You can't just keep tapping into your network and just sending out messages without some sort of system to consistently attract clients and uh, or, or customers for your business. So you kind of have to build that that machine that's going to consistently attract customers for, for you in order to kind of get to that seven figures. Um, but regardless, nothing fundamentally changes. You know, a lot of times what happens with some businesses is 
they're actually less profitable for the owner at the seven figure mark than they are at the $200,000 mark. Cause like the 200,000, it's like pure hustle, pure profit, other yeah. than the margins to deliver goods. Uh, and I get to keep all that money. And the seven figure marks, like, okay, now we got marketing, we got ad spend, we got systems, we got a few people in place. We got to make sure there's support there. If you've got a product like us or an engineering team, you got to make sure, you know, so now all of a sudden, um, you've got a little bit more of a machine, but yeah. it, it's, it's not your problems haven't gone away. Right. So yeah, no, I agree. Right. It's, it's almost like, a, you know, I say to people, it's like a mindset, you know, it's a different mindset at 200,000 than it is at 500 and that it is at a million or whether it is at 2 million. You're all the time evolving and changing. But the main thing is that, you know, you adapt the systems as you go along to help you keep with that continuous flow of, you know, say seven figures or whatever. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, you you do have to you have to adopt uh, adapt as an entrepreneur. You have to basically realize that there's different stages, and and like you say, you're evolving across those different stages, and and it takes a different mindset uh, when you reach the six figure mark than it does that when you reach the the seven figure mark and and beyond, and and you evolve as a leader too. It's it's really about evolving yourself like you can't have that mindset of just pure you know running and 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 you have to then start being more of a coach you have to start understanding how do you manage people better and 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 go through those different kind of levels so i totally 100 percent agree with you and what is it like i suppose when you, we talk about vision so when you were doing say 200,000 what was your vision like what did you see funalytics has gone to you know where was where was the journey and where was your head at that time yeah so that's a, that's a very good question um the vision's interesting i've i've always been personally uh, more on the visionary side than on the kind of integrator side uh, I, you know, if you've read a book like Rocket Fuel or something along those lines, uh, they really kind of talk about there's the yin and the yang. There's the visionary who can kind of think into the future and figure like have a clear vision as to what the future is going to look like uh, with this particular project or or whatever. And then there's usually the integrator, which is the person who's like, okay, I, I now that you've communicated the vision to me. Um, I'm much better at turning it into a step-by-step action plan to make that a reality. And, and usually most people aren't both. So I'm much more on the vision side. Um, so I, I had a pretty clear vision of what I wanted Funnelytics to do as a platform. Yeah. Um, whether I had the, the clear vision as to what I wanted to look like as a company not so much. I, you know, we've got, I've gone through a whole lot of exercises to to try to crystallize that. Yeah. But what you start to realize is the vision never really, like you can keep the vision and you can establish a plan to get there. Yeah. But the only plan you should plan for is that your plan is not going to go according to plan. Yeah, like it's almost a bit like what we what we were speaking about earlier. You know, when you look at uh, when you start off, you you, you see what you want, um, but it doesn't necessarily have that same journey and it keeps evolving. So like we said a few minutes ago, everything keeps evolving when you're on 200,000, 500,000, a million. Even when you get to the million, it's not what you thought it was, but it keeps evolving into something else. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I liken it to um, 
You know, it, it's interesting, right? So uh, one of the analogies, I was speaking to my team the other day, and we were kind of talking about like these cycles that you go through as an entrepreneur. And, um, and, and one of the things that we talked about was this kind of, I don't know, pic- picture this. So at the very, very beginning of your business, you're like in the woods, in this forest, and you've got your own little machete and you're cutting down all the vines and the branches and you're, you're kind of starting to carve a path. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, you're on this mission that nobody else can kind of see but you. And you're just going through this this very, you know, f- this big bushy forest. And then eventually um, you start to see some traction with your your movement. And, OK, great. I'm, I'm moving towards something and, and something's working. And then, you know, people join you and they start cutting and but you're still the leader you're still the one at the very front of there and you're still the one cutting all the branches uh and and a lot of times what happens is because you don't evolve as a leader because you don't evolve as an entrepreneur you don't realize that at some stage you need to stop being the one in the very front cutting all the the branches and you actually have to take a step back and let other people start cutting and the reason is because you actually need to take a step back to understand where are we really going. Yeah. So it, it 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 kind of becomes this change of, okay, I no longer need to just cut my way through where I think I'm going. I actually need to take a little step back, hop into this helicopter, like go up about, uh, you know, 150 feet so I can see above this forest and make sure that, okay, yeah, we are going in the right direction that we want to go. And let the team drive towards towards that direction. Um, but like we said, sometimes you realize you're way off course and you're like, oh, this isn't working. The, the plan that we set out isn't going to help us achieve uh, our vision or help us get to where we want to get to. So you've got to pivot and you've got to try another plan and you've got to pitch and switch. And um, maybe it's not the right team or, or things to that nature. Right. So. For Funnelytics, when we've been building our, our company, for us, the biggest challenge has always been product market fit, right? Knowing that we have this really, really incredible product that allows you to do some, some really cool things, but figuring out for who, figuring out what exactly is going to make it, you know, that that must have as opposed to that nice to have and yeah. just evolving that over the course of time. Um, has always kind of led us to, okay, I know what the vision is. I know what we want it to do and, and all that, but like in what order do you get there and how do you get there has always been pretty, yeah. pretty challenging. I, I love that when you talked about the, you know, in the, the the forest and the cutting up stuff, because again, that's what, as you said, that's what most entrepreneurs do. They spend time in the business instead of on the business. Yeah, and They get to a stage where, they have to decide, well, do I start to work on it or continue in it? And unfortunately, most people continue to work in it. Like I myself, when I had my business, I was working like sometimes 16, 18 hours, 20 hour days. Um, and even though the business was thriving, I didn't need to do that. But because I taught, I had to. But when I changed my mindset and all of a sudden the dynamics of the business changed. So, yeah. you know, it went to double seven figures as opposed to single seven figures purely because I just changed the way I start thinking about running the business. And I start, I, eventually I was working four hour days and that's all I had to put in. And even before I sold it, I was working like one hour a week. Literally is all I had to put into the business because I was just checking up. Amazing. 
But but I I think that's the the basics of exactly what you just described. It's exactly what happens to entrepreneurs. You know, they get the vision, they want to do something, they start growing the business, and then they feel that they have to be part of that wheel all day, every day. But in fact, they don't. They can step out of it and make sure that it runs where they can diversify into something else. Yeah, and I think it comes with experience um, and, and mentors. That's why mentors are so important and, and being surrounded by advisors and people who've done it before. Uh, because it comes with experience knowing when is the right time to exit from the line yeah. into more of that kind of leadership or, or, or you know, line manager in a sense. So you yeah. kind of go from being in the line, let's say you're building the assembly line to then you're overseeing the assembly line because the assembly line is starting to work to then eventually you don't even oversee the assembly line. You just figure out what other assembly lines are we going to build next and where are we headed and, and all that stuff. Um, and, and eventually you can get to your the stage you got to, which is exit completely. Uh, like here's the factory. Factory is now sold, right? Um, but I think it's, it's very important to know when is the right time to exit those various things. Yeah, for sure. A lot of times people think, well, I just want to exit the factory right away. And it's like, well, you haven't even built the assembly line yet. Like, <laughs> you know, nobody's going to build it for you because there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing in there. Um, but like you said, sometimes people will hang on to being in that assembly line because like nobody can do it like I do. Yes. Probably you're right. Nobody, you, you built it. It's yours. It's your product. It's your service it's your marketing strategy it's you know nobody can do it the same way you do but if you stay too long then you become the bottleneck right and now no longer can can grow because yeah. you're that that middle point that just stops everything from from progressing so like, i think also as well that you know when you're an entrepreneur and you have to drive on a passion you tend to lose that when you get stuck in it you know because yeah. you're, in it, you're not you're not enjoying it as much whereas when you're thriving and building and able to, you know, as you said, which is a very good point, you know, having mentorship there or having somebody just to guide you or somebody to lean on or ask questions to help bring you through that journey. It makes a significant difference because you're enjoying the ride. You're enjoying the, you know, the the day to day of it. When you get caught up in the uh, dynamics of being working in it all the time, you just get bored, frustrated and in most cases, burnout for some people, uh, which turns into disaster. Yeah, but I would also argue that now you have to evolve if you want to grow your business. There's no doubt. But I would actually say that there's a lot of people who, on the flip side, don't want to grow strictly because of the change that needs to occur. And that is not exciting to them. So being more of a people person and being more than, let's say, the person who's just getting on the phone and selling or building the funnels or whatever it may be, um, building the product or serving the client. Let's say you're, you're, you know, th this happens all the time with let's, uh, like massage therapists and, you know, people who are more, this is their practice and this is what they do. It's like, well, I don't want to stop doing what I love to do, which is basically giving people massages. But of <laughs> course, if I only focus on that, then guess what? That means that I don't have a choice. I'm the bottleneck, right? Um, and then they they kind of get to that stage where it's like, okay, I'm going to try to grow the business. I'm going to hire a few massage therapists um, and I'm going to focus more on the 
operational side and, and how we can expand and all that stuff. And like that stuff is not stuff that they truly even enjoy or, or want to do. And then they lose passion or they blow their own business up because they're like, I just want to go back to, to what it was. So you've got to kind of find that excitement and that fulfillment for every stage as you kind of move. Yeah, I agree. I Otherwise, found, yeah. yeah I, I found that as well. Like for, for like, I had, I had a business for 27 years and for, I'd say, 21 of them at least. And, you know, I was in that habitual state of behavior. So I didn't want to change it because I didn't want to be uncomfortable. So I was comfortable with growing and the dynamics of the business constantly changing and evolving with it. But I wasn't comfortable getting out of that position myself, which is a bit strange. But then I quickly realized when I got a mentor and they had pointed out that it was literally my paradigms. I was stuck in my behavioral, you know, my habits. And when I stepped outside of it and changed my mindset, I was able to look and change. Well, what is it I actually want? And then create the steps, the step-by-step process to changing my behaviors with the new habits to get to where I wanted to go. And that's, that's well, that was a big, big change for me that it was all got to do with just the way I used to think, you know, the way I was running my business effectively without the help of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That change is, uh, again, a mentor, right? Mentors are the ones who can, uh, if there's a common theme to some degree here is that like, as you kind of go through this evolution as an entrepreneur, you have to, um, you have to partner or, or get somebody who's been through that evolution because they can help you understand what that evolution looks like they can help you basically take that next step but also what to look out for and and all of these things so um what is the one thing that you can share uh that your journey you know on your journey that you can share that would help people that be listening so something on the basis of that maybe might have went wrong for you or didn't go right but you felt that look this mentor or whatever helped turn it around yeah i mean Many, many, many times, uh, there's a lot of situations where it didn't go the way I expected. So, for example, we raised quite a lot of money with Phonolytics as we're a venture-backed company and um, and just launching the product 2.0, like I kind of mentioned before, uh, at the very beginning, you know, prior to us recording, I, we had launched Phonolytics 2.0 about a year and a half now from the time of recording this. Uh, and and it took us a long time to basically stop 1.0 to 2.0. Uh, and that was a really tough period for me because I didn't know we were kind of in this limbo, stagnant growth. Uh, we we're not wanting to promote 1.0 because it had a lot of flaws and, and bugs and it wasn't scalable. But we were kind of in this build mode for 2.0. And we started kind of taking this money and, and investing it in operations because we didn't know what else to do while we were waiting for the other for for the other product and so that we could hit the ground running when it was ready and um and of course things happened and, and I had to let go of a lot of people and and we you know we weren't able to manage that time very well uh, and it wasn't without the help of uh, you know a, a few mentors just kind of coaching me through those challenges because even though all of my intentions were correct and then you know what i was hoping to kind of do was was you know right by whatever measure you want to say um 
if I didn't have people to bounce these ideas off of to kind of say, well, man, like, here's where I'm at for them to kind of really show me like, you know what, I think it's time for you to cut or it's time for you to do this or actually like you sit down with your, your VP of engineering, understand where's the timeline and what's missing, et cetera. Right. Having these guides to kind of help me navigate that situation was extremely, extremely helpful because it was a good year and a half of limbo in a sense, even though I was doing stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a very simple example. And, and I would through that year, by the way, through those 18 months, there were so many nights where I was just sitting there and I'm like, well, we don't have a choice but to invest in this product because we want to launch Final X 2.0. We saw some traction. Um, we are burning all this money because we're, we're VC backed. So every month you'd kind of sit there and be like, okay, so I've got about 18 months, 17. Oh, now we're getting down to eight months. Oh, we're getting down to six months of yeah, when do I pull the plug? You know, so, so many nights, just this stress. Um, and again, having the mentors to talk through those challenges and like, okay, should I be pulling the plug? Yes. No, these kinds of questions is so no. important. Tell me then, what's the vision now for analytics? So what, what's what's next on the agenda for you guys? Yeah. So for us, we still have the same vision, which is great. Like we, we've always had the same vision. It's just about the, the pivoting and understanding how do we get towards that vision? So Funnelytics fundamentally has always been uh, a platform that aligns uh, marketers and marketing teams around the customer journey, right? Making, helping them understand what's working, what's not through this visual canvas that basically really paints a story as to what is happening. So um, it's a whiteboarding tool that you can basically map out all the different customer touch points and and visually see how people are flowing through your entire website and ecosystem. And that's always been kind of our, our vision is how can we turn this into a central command center for performance teams who want to plan, measure, and optimize their, their funnels and their customer journeys as a whole. Um, so we, we keep pushing towards that. Uh, for us, where we really focus our efforts is uh, with agencies and basically you know, higher level performance teams, but the vision is always the same, continue to build down that and continue to build our business and our growth and, and all, all that towards eventually achieving that. Who knows when, but uh, it's always fun, right? You got to enjoy the journey, not yeah. just the destination. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's always changing. And I suppose that's it. It's persistence has always be the key. Like what you said, whether you have your good times, your bad times, it, the vision never leaves you. You know, once you're heading towards that, you know, that's the main thing. And that's, you know, as you said, you get up every morning and that's that's where you're going. No matter what happens, you know, you'll take exactly. the bad and you'll just keep going. Yeah, um, exactly. So you mentioned their agencies. Would they would agencies be your ideal client then? So you know, I just wanted to share who your ideal clients would be that uh, Funalytics would be ideal for. Yeah, so so there's the the business side who have like in house performance, you know, marketing teams or or a few people who are kind of responsible for the entire customer acquisition journey. Um, typically those are kind of north of a million dollars. They have a lot of inbound traffic. They want to understand what are the bottlenecks, what's working, what's not. 
um, or performance-driven agencies. Basically, they go and do this for their clients and they set up conversion funnels and they do paid advertising and they look at conversions across uh, across the board. Um, and we typically find that most businesses don't have those resources or that capability in-house. So typically agencies are our primary target uh, because you know we work with them and they go and actually use our tool for, for their clients. Fantastic. What what message or legacy do you want to leave then for Funalytics? You know, what's the what would you like to leave behind or what's the the main point that uh, you know you want to get across with Funalytics? Huh. I uh I've never really thought about that question, to be honest, in terms of what legacy or what do I want to leave behind? I think uh, one thing that, you know, I'm very, very proud of is that we really bundle and spend a lot of time on education and helping people um, really, truly understand the customer journeys. That's why our tool is so visual, because um, fundamentally, I believe that you know, marketing and entrepreneurship is the the key to changing lives and changing the world. Because when we come up with new products or services, if we can't get them out to to people and and get a stranger to see it and come uh, and buy it and experience what what this offers, then you know we're kind of depriving we're depriving society of of what we've built. So if I can help people better understand what is the art and the science around finding strangers and converting them into customers for for your business um, and I can do it in a way that makes it very visual and easy to understand uh, that is fundamentally our mission and what we're trying to do so if that's a legacy we leave behind and people are using our tool to kind of map their customer journeys or uh, use it in universities or in YouTube videos to really try to communicate and, and explain something, then, hey, I I will be very, very happy. Great. Fantastic. That's I love that. Can you share with us then where uh, people can make contact with you or if they need to, uh, you know, look more into your products and what they can do and stuff? Yeah, totally. So Fonalytics.io is where you can sign up for Fonalytics. Uh, very easy to do so. And then uh, easiest place for me to get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, it's my social media of choice, I guess. So uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Mikhail, it's been a pleasure. I love the sign behind you and it says, get shit done, which is really what it's all about. There you go. <laughs> That's what get the important thing is. That's what well, to anyone that wants to grow, it, you need to get shit done. So I love there that. You go. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Likewise. Thank you very much for having me.